Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women by sharing their unique stories and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, a former school teacher and principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. Each week, we will feature stories from women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, my friends. We are in the month of October, and for this series, I will be featuring women in my life who are part of my own sisterhood. In sharing these abiding relationships and our conversations, I know it will spark in you a reminder to honor your own and to build connections and new sisterhoods to keep yourself sustained. Our guiding quote this month is from Robin Benway, who says, there's one thing stronger than magic, sisterhood. Today's guest is someone whose connection has been nothing short of magical for decades in my own life. Diana Schottfeld is a wife and mother of four boys who has spent nearly 20 years dedicated to the veterinary community. Diana is a sports enthusiast, including the dreadfully bad Minnesota professional teams. Those are her own words, I promise. And she is an avid fantasy footballer. In this episode, we discuss the origins of our friendship, Diana's exquisite resilience as she learns what it means to thrive in parenting twins plus two more boys, observations about what can shift friendships to sisterhood and keep them there, and fun details about our friendship as well as the incredible woman that Diana is in all areas of her full life. Friends, as I state in this interview, there exists a tiny circle of people in my life who know and love the most authentic version of me, and Diana is absolutely one of them. She is wise, brave, resilient, hilarious, and continues to be someone who teaches me through her life journey. I wish you could sit down with Diana in real life, play with her children, share mostly inappropriate jokes and laughter, and watch her eyes light up with mischief and love the way I have hundreds of times. Instead, I am honored to share this interview with you while you get a front seat to our friendship as I share Diana Schottfeld's and my sisterhood story. Welcome, Diana Schottfeld, to the Inha Podcast. I am elated to have you, and I cannot wait to share you with my community because you're amazing, and I've been hoarding you all this time in our lives, and now I get to share you with all of the people that love this podcast. Welcome, welcome. Hello, thank you. So would you do me a favor, Diana, and just share a little bit about your current context so people can warm up and get to know who you are? So I am a mother of four. I have four boys at home. I am also a almost an 18-year veteran in the veterinary community. I've sort of held every professional role you can think of in that besides veterinarian, but um, I've worked my way up now to a management type of role working for um, Blue Pearl um, Referral and Emergency Hospitals. That's awesome. And it's so fun to hear you say all these things out loud because, of course, as listeners will find out with our connection you know, you've, you've come so many different trails. So listening to you talk about the fact that you've been it for 18 years, kind of, it numbed me a second when I was like, wait, what? We're not that old. <laughs> yeah. I, I started when I was 12. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds awesome. All right. So thanks. I love that you led with the fact that you're mother of four, because that also shocks me. So do you want to share just a little more detail about those four, <laughs> what that number means? The four crazies. Yeah. So I have a 10 year old um, from my first marriage. And then with my second marriage, we had three kids within 18 months, um, two of those being twins. So we had twins when I had a one and a half year old. And um, that is how the shot belled, we'll call it S show was uh, born. <laughs> <laughs> and, and listeners, just so that you're clear, this is within the last year. So your babies just turned a year. They just turned a year. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my goodness. So, you know, I wanted to make sure that I peeled that apart a little bit because the listeners could think, okay, four kids, you had twins at one point. Well, no, I mean, they're still there. (laughs) What do you think has been the greatest challenge of having kids those ages? Oh my gosh, there's been no sleep. (laughs) The, uh, actually the first three months with the babies and the toddler, um, and even the 10-year-old who um, is um, going through school and needing my help that way was probably the most challenging of my life. And that going on, absolutely no sleep. I'm not kidding, for over 24 mm-hmm. hours straight and still trying to function. And then after three months, trying to weave in work again after maternity leave was over, um, threw another wrench into that. So you can imagine my, fir- my the first six months of their life was a, was a rough go of it. Um, but we've made it. They made it to a year after six months. If there's any twin moms listening out there, it does get better. I swear it gets better, but um, now they sleep. And I think that's kind of the crucial part of it. And I've learned to balance life and career and everything all together. Not saying I do everything hundred percent well, but I can balance them that I'm doing them well enough. <laughs> and you know, I love how you said the first three months were nuts. Cause I think any listener who's uh, had the benefit of having a child at any point, the first two months are a tunnel anyway. And then you're adding in all of these layers of challenge with that. Plus let's not just forget to mention that you did all of that during COVID-19. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. We finally got to like six months and oh my gosh, it's spring. It's beautiful. We're going to actually get out and see people and like interact and no. Now we're home again. So um, yeah, 2020 has been just super fun. <laughs> and actually, as hard as I listen um, and I hear and I talk through this, it's hard for me because here you are, one of my very best friends, and I've really only seen your babies face-to-face one time. And that about kills me. <laughs> I know. It's like so many people in our family members missed out on them growing up too. I've seen them a lot less. And there's, there's people that my extended family have never met them at all um, just because of, you know, quarantine and things like that. But they see in the pictures, I try to share as much social media and share my life as much as I can. So. Oh, cutest babies ever. So listeners, you're just going to have to check out where I link um, Diana stuff because they'll give you a boost for sure. They're two of the most, actually three, four of the most adorable boys that I know. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. So let's go ahead and share. I mean, I have you here featured here on the sisterhood series for a reason. Um, And that's because you and I, we are not blood related, but I count you as a sister and I love you. Oh, same here. And your family is my family. So. (laughs) Oh, same. So you want to go down that road and talk Just should we share a little bit about our origin story? Because one of the things that I wanted to highlight with our relationship is the fact that it has spanned almost every single stage that, that a person could really, because we grew up together and then we chose to stick together and our families are connected mm-hmm. and all of these things. But do you just, from your perspective, do you want to share with the listeners like how we met? And cause I want to hear it from you. <laughs> like where did our friendship start and all of that? Wasn't it, wasn't it Spanish class? It was at 11th grade, 10th grade. And now my memory's not serving me, but, uh, pretty sure that's where our bond started. And if I could speak Spanish and say something really clever, I would, but it's all gone now. So <laughs> The cool part is I love how you say that our bond started because we actually grew up in the same town. We, I mean, honestly, had known each other since kindergarten, right? Yep. I came to Rockford in second grade, so. Okay. So there you go. That reveals that I didn't, we weren't friends, but we were connected. And then we were Mm -hmm. in softball together, summer league, 
all of these things, but I love how you noted that our bond started junior year in Spanish class. What would you, yeah. if you could describe, because my listeners know me pretty well, <laughs> do you want to talk about the version of Sarah that you bonded with then? <laughs> oh gosh, you were so funny and so fun and kind of naughty now. I'm sure looking back as a teacher, you look at yourself and going, oh my gosh, Sarah, right? <laughs> you were so naughty in a Spanish class. And, uh, of course we like to, uh, giggle and laugh and have fun. And, and then we, uh, we'd lie in your old Eagle after school and do all the fun things that uh, teenage girls like to do when, you know, they're out and about having freedom. <laughs> totally. I love so much the fact that when I talk in this podcast a lot about our Enneagram types and our personalities. And one of the things that I've always known is that you can kind of, if you're trying to figure out who you are at any age later on in life and what your number is, you go back to those late teen years and you know. And so when I've shared that I'm an Enneagram seven, I think about that because you could probably only think of Mia just being like crazy, joyful, laughing my head off, adventure, everything. You know, there was never an adventure we weren't going to take together kind of thing. And so it's kind of fun to have a person in your life that grounds you back into that crazy space. You know, and I think about you, I love it because you were so shy. <laughs> I was going to say, you, I was just going to say how you pulled me out of my shell a lot because I was very, very quiet and very meek and I did not want to cause trouble and things <laughs> like that. And I believe you have forever changed me. You were the first to influence on me to pull me out of that a little bit. <laughs> now you're making me sound like this huge troublemaker. <laughs> No, you were just a bright personality and I loved it. And uh, you were exciting and fun to be around. And you still are. I'm just talking like we <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, we're boring. We're almost in our 40s. I'm not going to admit I'm a total boring compared to that. But I think the thing that I love about that and why it matters that we kind of peel that apart a little bit is like, I'm not going to say we were opposites, but there's so much that would be surprising about why our connection a started and how it's kept up over all these long years. And I just think there's something to be shared throughout that journey. That's really beautiful because my soul needed you as somebody who was a safe space. I don't know how else to put that. Like when you're in high school and you have friends, it's not like you, you and I both had friends. We had peer groups. It's not like we were, you know, wanting for that, but there was something that connected us early. And I've never really thought to how to articulate this, but you have felt through every single stage, like a safe Harbor <laughs> for, for my most authentic version. Let me put it that way. Aww. And here I am getting choked up saying it out loud because you know, that version of Sarah was hard for some people to take. <laughs> well, and I have always seen you as somebody that made me better and aspired to be better. Like you were always so bubbly and had so many friends and so in, you know, just into a lot of things in school and I wasn't. And it's, I sort of emulated that probably not even on purpose, but just by being around you. And now even looking through um, my career and my life, um, there's been a lot of times that I've come to you for advice and how to do this. And now I, I have a job where I am in a public facing, you know, speaking role where I have to rely on these tendencies that weren't my natural tendencies back in high school. And it's definitely something I know that I have gotten from you. Oh gosh. I'm just sitting over here beaming because I'm thinking about the times like, you know, so you joined the plays. <laughs> I was in a play because of you. I was in, yeah, I did solos. Oh my gosh. I hope there's no videos of those, but <laughs> yeah. I'll find them and link them, listeners. Just kidding. Oh, you're amazing. Uh, and I don't take credit for that. I just, what I think it is, is just like this really beautiful 
way that our um, our paths and our journeys can align with, like, I guess you're, you're a soulmate. And so it's more than just sisterhood. I wanted to share that so the listeners could hear that because we've had friends that you know, fall away, not only those that we've been connected with, and I'm not saying they're gone forever, but when you go through the stages of life, then, you know, you hold loosely or too tightly and those friendships can really shift and shift so far that they go away. But I think one of the things that we've always been able to do is hold loosely enough that we aren't, we don't get into that pit of jealousy that I think friendships can get into. Is that fair? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. And it doesn't matter if we haven't talked in a while. I know if I call, we're going to sit down and have an hour-long conversation. And it's not, you know, I'm not going to feel angry because I haven't seen you in, in six months. It's more of, a, oh my gosh, checking in. How have you been? I can't believe I haven't talked to you. I need you in my life right now. So, right. And then we're reminded about why, you know, God put us together all those years ago. Yep. <laughs> like that connection. Yes. I love it. So I wanted to get back a little bit. So we went to college together. <laughs> We did. Yeah, that was an interesting time. (laughs) It sure was. So we won't go ahead and share it, you know, tell all there. But it's so fun because, you know, knowing you back then and knowing what your profession is now, I mean, you wanted to be a a radio DJ, right? Like, you want to talk a little bit about that? So my goal in life when I was 18 was to be a VJ on MTV, which is why I'm like, (laughs) hey, maybe 18 year olds shouldn't make big life decisions like that. Um, And yeah, it obviously didn't work out that way where I kind of Yeah, yeah. And I had to find what I was passionate about. And then, yeah, eventually I left Eau Claire College and pursued my veterinary path there. But I definitely appreciate it. And I still talk very fondly of my times at college with uh, with Sarah Lynn. That's so funny. I love it. We there's so many great moments there. And I think that's what I love about our sisterhood is that we can hold those and just without like anything but laughter and joy. Um, and just totally beautiful, non-judgmental. And I think that's probably what makes us work so well too. When I think about all those stages, because then after that it was like a little bit, you know, time of separation where you suddenly then we introduced these serious relationships. And of course, I met my husband, I was 19. So all of a sudden that shifted the dynamic of our friendship. But I always just love picturing when that day when I woke up on my wedding day and who was next to me, (laughs) Diana. (laughs) Yep. And then you jumping down up on the bed, I'm getting married today. (laughs) And you doing the same for me during mine. (laughs) Yes. Except maybe uh, I was thinking it's kind of funny because when we talk about sisterhood and how important it is to have these deep abiding relationships that have like this trust built in, you know, everything has been so beautiful to know that there's such joy and yet there's so much pain and challenge in life, but you can kind of be there with one another to hold you through it. And, um, one of those things that I was thinking about, and I couldn't decide if I want to share this or not was how I tried to convince you to run away with me before you got married the first time. Do you remember that? (laughs) I know I should have listened, (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) but you know, it's, um, then we got to see each other through, you know, those first marriages and we got to have children really close to one another. You and I are godparents of the others, um, firstborns Mm -hmm. and there's a bond there that you know, is part of our sisterhood that might keep that connection, but it really goes, I think, really just deeper than that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, then we move into babies and living through all of that. And you've been there. I'll never forget this, Diana. I need to mention it, that when my brother passed in 2014, I remember you posting this really beautiful quote, and I don't even know that you would remember it on my Facebook page and and very few people had known about it yet. And of course you're in, you said you're my family's your family, your family's my family, same thing, loved your brothers as if they were my own growing up. And 
I know you felt the same way. So um, there was a mm-hmm. quote in there, I believe it was John Steinbeck that said something about you, you wouldn't be able to see the star. You don't see the stars unless there's the darkness or something along those lines. But it's so funny because that comes up in my memory and it's something that yep. you and I have never talked about, but it comes up. And every time I feel this sense of comfort, you know, that even in our darkest spaces, we have these sisterhoods with people who know how much pain we can suffer and the joys that we have, but that they're just there. And you've just always been there um, through that. And I wanted you to hear how much that matters even today, you know, <laughs> almost six years later well, thank you. that it still pops up. Yeah. Even you talking about it gives me goosebumps and makes me choked up. So it was, uh, yeah. we've been there through, through literally almost everything in each other's lives. And that's a, that's a bond that can't be broken. Well, and that's, and, and too, what I love is that this idea of sisterhood is that you don't have sisters. <laughs> I do. But... I don't. I don't have any, and I don't even have a girl. It's all boys around me. <laughs> and you do that so beautifully. Like you can just tell that you are made in this really beautiful way to be a mother of boys and to have been a sister of boys. You do it so well. Um, and there's this authority about you, I think is the firstborn too, that just gives this, it's like a tough and a tenderness that I've always appreciated and honored in you. So I think that's awesome. But what a gift that we get to be that for one another, despite that lack of, you know, blood bond. Yeah, you really have been my the closest thing to a sister that I've ever had. So it's so good. And so one of the things that I wanted to talk about, and I think the listeners can appreciate this is we've we basically have just been trying to give you a little bit of the timeline of our friendship without getting too deep, but, you know, not keeping it too um, simple either, because I want to make sure that people understand how, what a gift Diana has been in my life. But I also think, man, if you do the math, we're almost into our third decade of friendship. Can you even imagine? No, don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) I swear, I swear brains like you you get stuck in like that 20, 30 year old like span. Like you have to think about, oh my gosh, has it been 30 years? That's, that's not possible, you know? It doesn't seem possible. And yet it is. And there's nothing that I've, I've been so grateful for that. I at one point had seen some type of a like sociological research study that talked about friendships and specifically with women. And because you and I have both had heartache as it relates to, you know, the ebb and flow of, of other sisters in our lives that just, you know, come and go yours. You have friends that I've never met. Um, we've been through seasons where your friends, you know, became my friends a little bit, or at least I'd want them to, and kind of the same thing, or we've, we've kept bonds mm-hmm. through the people that we grew grew up with and those kinds of things. But we know that those come and go. And the study that I'd seen had said that it's a seven-year cycle, that you're supposed to shed friends every seven years. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Um, I think that there's a few uh, friendships that I know that, um, in my my experience, that have lasted longer than that. And that's a bond that goes beyond friendship sometimes, like us, where it's almost more of a sisterhood. We, beyond, we bond beyond that. But um, yeah, there's definitely, most of my friends seem to kind of, they're always still my friends. They're always there and I know they'll reach out, but um, there's certain ones like you and I that we just know are intertwined in our lives that will just always be there. Yeah, I think so too. And I also think there's just been some comfort in that, um, the other piece where, you know, there have been stages where I feel like I have no friends. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, being a principal in a small town, especially after motherhood, oh, right? Like after motherhood and then just the role that I serve, um, yep. there's a dynamic there that makes it really challenging when you are in charge in a small you know, town and setting and all of that, that just had made it challenging for me for a good long while to establish new friendships. And you'd always been there for me through everything, whether the issues I was facing at the time were relatable or not, you've just been somebody that I can come to and just give everything to every 
dirty little secret that I have in my life, you hold in your hands. And I know that. And I trust that you love me anyway. And it's just such a gift. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. I do think too, our professional lives have sort of kind of mirrored each other a little bit. Where about the same time you were moving into a supervisory role, I became a, a manager of a veterinary practice. And I went from being a veterinary technician and very much in the trenches and all the coworkers were my friends and we hung out to then being a management role where that was not quite appropriate anymore, where I had to had to grow up and and see the other friendships form, but be the manager role. And so it was nice to always have you to bounce ideas off of and to call when I, when I needed somebody, when I needed a friend, you know? Yeah. So different fields, similar issues. That makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. And then you up and found a handsome younger version (laughs) uh, of a, a man to marry. And, you know, so I love that about your story is knowing that you shifted you know, our, I think our personal lives were on this really interesting kind of similar track, but now where my kids are old enough to hang by themselves for a little while, you've got these little toddlers. Do you want to talk about what it was like to find this really deep, you know, love in your thirties? Uh, it was fantastic. Um, and it's been a, that's why we're sometimes I can't, I don't feel like I'm turning 40 because most of my, my husband is 33, 34. He's about to be 34. Um, and a lot of our friend group is about that age. So, you know, I get to be the old one. I get all the old jokes. I've, I've heard them all kind of getting that chance to start over again and to have kids this young, you know, having babies when you're almost 40 is a lot different than having babies when you're 20, but it's also, there's a really a lot of good things about it too. I feel more mature. I feel more grounded and more stable. Um, that I'm not sure if I could, I'm obviously you would have handled it, but I'm not sure I could have handled it the same way had this happened to me in my twenties. I don't know if I would have the resources and the, the strength to, to come through it with as much grace as I have, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. One of the things that I'm just in awe of you about, and I want to make sure to speak that honor to you because you're just out there living your life, right? Like you, it's the day-to-day grind and nobody's ever just talking to you about the amazing things you do. But when I think about the layers of who you are as a person, there's the professional and the person who, I mean, you've launched into some new things, even throughout all of this that are you know, they're, they're stretching, right? Like your career, there had been some stretches and Mm -hmm. I love that even amidst the fact that you have, you know, you're co-parenting your first child with somebody who's not your current spouse. And then you have these three beautiful children, just bam, 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 bam with an individual who's never been married before. And so there's just these layers of challenge that can happen. I mean, like it's not, life isn't a fairy tale, right? And so that's one of the things that I just am so inspired by you Mm -hmm. because every time we've connected and every time we talk, you just have this wisdom about you that makes this, you know, beautiful relationship that you have with your husband something that is, it's, I don't, I keep using the word beautiful, but it just really is. It's something to behold watching that you, like you said, a fresh start, but it's also, I mean, every fresh start stales after time. Mm -hmm. So just listening to you kind of pivot and talk about the ways that you're not falling into the pitfalls, even amidst the fact that you have these challenges of these three children um, together. And then, you know, him being a step and obviously there's just so much there when we look at the family dynamics. And so I just applaud you because you have become in my mind, like you always have been, but you're like this leather wearing, badass, gorgeous, bright eyed, beautiful, 
brilliant person that just slays <laughs> all kinds of different challenges in front of her every day that most people don't even know about. Like, why would they? Yeah. Um, and a lot of it takes a commitment. You know, it's, it's not all, you can't just let it happen. You have to work at it. And especially in marriage and with stepkids and, and parenting all that, you really have to commit together and work together to make it work um, and allow yourself room to grow. You know, both of us, all of us have to grow as individuals. And especially yes, in my situation, there's been a lot of room for growth and, and sometimes that's painful and you have to step back and just grow from your mistakes too. And um, me and my husband really have a good bond and a good understanding of that for each other. We allow each other room to grow. And I love that. It's so beautiful because it's real life. And when you start out, like I think about how you guys started out, it's kind of a fantasy in a sense. I mean, wasn't he like a rock star? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He was in a rock band and hadn't ever, you know, had a, you know, obviously a a serious, you know, relationship, kids, all that type of thing. We did that in the span of, what, about two years, (laughs) married and first kid. And here you go. Here's adult responsibilities. So He's handled it very well. And beautifully. Absolutely. So I kind of, I always have to chuckle over here and laugh a little bit because I do love it. I love that he's a rock star. I, from the moment I met him, just loved him. And really one of my main regrets is not spending enough time with you guys at all. I mean, I don't, it's just obvious. And I love every time I get to, and I remember when he first met my dad, cause it's kind of like the barometer as people meet my dad, he's your dad too. I mean, not to replace your own, but you know, <laughs> yep. I still remember that connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your dad is wonderful. I wanted to be able to just give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about some of the, you know, the things that you're proud of, because even though we talk about our sisterhood and our connection, I think we've been able to reveal about you as we've gone, but you have really overcome some really beautiful challenges. And as you mentioned, just this growth, what do you think has been maybe one of the things that you're most proud of to get to the space that you are now? My would think, and and you'll appreciate this is learning to balance, right? Um, And sometimes just letting the little things go. I was sort of um, notoriously bad at stressing the little things and letting everything get to me and seeing the mountain instead of just the step ahead of me. I really decided to focus on myself and to start this health and wellness journey because I was so down. And after having the twins and being where I was and trying to balance life and work, um, I was really putting myself in the backseat. And that was probably where most of the problems came from. Um, So this summer, I focused on bettering myself, um, you know, eating better, not drinking as much wine, which I'll laugh and put the sad face emoji on there if you could see a sad face emoji. But really, uh, it's good for me. And um, and like you, you know, exercising more, getting outside and really um, not worrying about all the little stuff that no one else sees anyway. So why am I sitting there worrying about it? Yeah, I love that for you. And it's one of the things that I've always admired about you, though, because I know that you were probably in this space where you were thinking it's been forever, you know, because of course you're living in a tunnel. Remember there's COVID, there's twins, there's all the things. But also one of the things I've noticed about you over the span of this time is that you have always tried to develop yourself in different ways. And it's like an innate thing in you that is admirable. And I want to give you a very tangible example that honestly, I think about it a lot. And one of the things that I remember about you during some really challenging, maybe it was our 20s, and there's maybe some loneliness that you were feeling. And I remember you telling me that you would read the Bible. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. And for me, like, 
I don't know. It took me a long time to grapple with a gap that I had in my faith. And I just think that I think I was in a gap at that time. And when you would tell me that you're reading the Bible just to know more, to learn more, you're like in this seeking. And I don't think that you would say that faith is something that's been a a predominantly focused part of your life, your upbringing. I'm not sure. Maybe I should let you speak for yourself. But the fact that during those times you said that, I think about that often. And I think about how in my own journey, I think I was so assured when I was young, probably up through my teens and early 20s, that I was so certain that I spent this good period of a complete uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And it was during your time of seeking that kind of helped me tethered. And I just wanted you to hear that because even though it's different from the exercise and, you know, cutting out these other things, you've always had something in you that strives to be better and strives to grow. Is that fair? Yeah. And, and it's still appropriate. I, I, um, I probably don't read the Bible now as much as I should. Um, but I have been focusing a lot on, I, I still, I'm fascinated by different religions and different ways people express themselves. Um, so I'll, I'll still read a lot of books about that. I've also been, um, researching meditation and energies and really trying to change my energy and what I project into the world. Um, everything's so negative right now. And it's so easy to, to flip on social media and just be brought down. And I don't, I don't want to be that one. I don't want to, I don't want to amplify negativity either. So I try my best to, if I'm going to post something, be thoughtful about it. Um, make it happy, you know, something that's going to make people smile. And even when I'm at work or doing something to really project a higher energy, a happier energy, because if you project that out, other people are going to feel that energy and it's going to lift them up, even if it's in the smaller way. Um, So really amplifying your own energy and trying to enliven everybody else while doing it. I love that. And no wonder I need more of you in my life. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) I just love you. And I think it's really cool too, because I want to, I want to touch upon this because I want to say that sisterhood is, I think something that's so special and you being a part of my sisterhood all my life has been such a gift in so many different ways. I think we talked about that. Like we temper one another, we inspire one another, we help one another grow. I mean, we've gotten down to the pits with each other before, almost like at the same time, which is kind of crazy and fun to think back on our whole big full life. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I love about us is that we are not carbon copies of each other. Like we don't have the same DNA. We aren't very similar in a lot of different ways in terms of structure and how we're made. We don't necessarily even have like the same political views. There's just so much that could make it more challenging for us to be sisterhood. And yet there's this connection where I just love you unconditionally. And one of the things that I love so much is this, we, we, I think we approach each other with a completely non-judgmental lens. And I just think that could be something that would be beautiful mm-hmm. if we could harness it with every single relationship that we have. <laughs> I don't know if you see that too. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, places that we differ, and I don't see you differently because because you don't have the same ideology that I that I have. Um, I just see you for you, and I love you, and I know that your spirit is beautiful, and um, and you're a good person. And yeah, we need to grant each other all a little bit more of that grace, right? Especially right now. Yeah, I think that just even speaking that out into the universe gave me an opportunity to reflect on myself and and think about that uh, out loud instead of in my head is this idea that connecting with people 
it's just a quote from Benny, Brené Brown is that real connection is seeing one another for who you are and accepting that and loving that, you know, and I agree. We're just, we're not able to do that enough. And I love how you brought up the social media platform, just being a space where you want to pour in some positivity because it is grinding and it's draining now more than ever. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our connection, um, you know, comes from that. I'm speaking to the broader, you know, community that people, we connect one, with one another through that. So thank you for being that person. Well, thank you. And honestly, thank you for just being somebody that I don't know how else to put this. And I just want to say it one more time in this sisterhood that there are a handful of people in my life. And when I say a handful, I'm not even sure that honestly, all fingers would cover them, but you're one of those that I know that there is no version of me that you don't accept and love. There's no thing that I could say or do, (laughs) or I don't have to hide from you. I don't have to, um, soften my edges in any way. I can just be full on, like you said, Sarah Lynn. (laughs) And I just want to thank you for that because it's a really beautiful, safe place for me. And I love you. Well, right back at you. You've never, you've never judged me even in, in I've told you stuff that I'm not proud of even to this day. And you've always been loving and accepting of me and when I need it, helping me grow and realizing where I can grow too. So it's, it's great to have a friend and a sister like you. It is. And here's the deal. Like, you know, that handful of people someday when our kids are grown, we are going off and we are not coming back. Like we're going to just like hang together and live in a, in a house together forever. Right. We've talked about that. That's happening for sure. Yep. I'm okay with that. (laughs) Okay. All right. So I need to ask you the two standard questions that I always ask everybody. Are you ready for those? I'm ready. Okay. So if you could write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what would you say? Um, I would say to stop letting others bring you down. Be, be your own light and rise above and just know your value. Your value is, is high and don't let other people's devalue you. Um, and to let you know that you're amazing and you're going to do great things. And that's so true. I kind of want to put that letter in a time capsule and give it to you the night of prom when we dance to Chumbawamba. <laughs> oh, that is the best. <laughs> I get knocked down, I gotta get up again. You know, they're gonna keep me down. That's awesome. Such good words from you right now to yourself. I love that. Okay, how about this one? As an influential woman, if we have listeners that find themselves in a pit of fear or doubt, what do you think you could say to help them rise up out of it? Since I have just recently come out of the pit of doubt and fear and a very, very hard year, uh, one thing that I really I I read somewhere and it struck with me is, and it always makes me feel better if I have an actionable plan. If I'm, you know, down in it and I just don't have a plan out of it, I'm just going to wallow in that. So for me, I need a, I need an actionable plan. So find something um, that you can improve your situation even by 1%, even just a small little thing um, and do that. And then look at what's the next 1% and do that. Um, And if you keep making those small little changes, pretty soon you're going to look back and you've come 50% of the way. Um, And so make an action plan for yourself and make small changes and things will get better. At least that's what worked for me. I love that advice because it's just, and and it actually ties back to what you had already said, where you said that you used to see the mountain in front of you and not the steps, you know, like the path forward. And Mm -hmm. and so that is really beautiful, wise advice. And I think it's really good too, because um, I think right now everything does feel so big and almost insurmountable for so many of us, but all we have is today, right? Like we, especially with such an uncertain future for whatever reason people might feel, there's a lot of uncertainty and fear in the world. 
that your wisdom right there is just really landing. So thank you very much for that. Thank you. I know that my listeners are going to want to engage with you after this because you're amazing and they want to see pictures of your beautiful babies. Um, (laughs) So what would be the best way if a listener has heard something that you said today and they just want to connect with you, Diana, how could they get a hold of you? Um, if you want my Instagram, it's all sorts of pictures of my baby. It's um, Mrs. Underscore Shop Feezy. You're going to have to probably link that because they'll never be able to smell it. But <laughs> oh, I do every time, you know. <laughs> uh, if you want, I am on Twitter, but that's mostly fantasy football and sports stuff because I'm a huge sports enthusiast. And that's at just Diana CVT. Awesome. Well, I'll be sure to link both of those and listeners will be able to connect with you on any one of those. And I just want to thank you. I know that you are so incredibly full with your life, but that you would take time to speak with me and let me share you with the community and share our story has just been such a joy for me. And it's honestly something I needed right now. So thank you so much. Oh, I feel honored that you think I was worth uh, a podcast for. So thank you. (laughs) You're worth an entire series yourself, my friend. Oh, I continue to be completely awe-inspired by every single guest on this podcast, and I am so grateful every time you choose to share, rate, review an episode. It matters so greatly to the mission and the message of our guests, and I appreciate every time you help one another rise by lifting up the message. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you being a part of this awe-inspiring community.